Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Icons, we got to talk about Cozy. I love anything cozy, and specifically I want to talk about Cozy, the North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, high-quality products, super-fast delivery, and easy assembly. Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals, so if you want to get something for your living room but you're not sure if you just want a sofa, a love seat, or if you want a sectional, they have all of it, and they are uh, made to adapt to your space. This means Customers can add seats to their sofas over time. So if they get one thing, you can always add to it in the future. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, some wall shelving. I have a credenza from there as well as uh, they have TV stands, accessories. I also have a rug from there that I love because it's washable. I can throw it in. Uh, and everything's designed with purpose. So when designing its furniture, Cozy focuses on the customer experience to make sure it offers a product that's super easy, like I said, elegant and durable, easy to assemble, I should say. And uh, the products will fit the person's needs. You can also get outdoor sofas and coffee tables. And so it's not just indoor. And uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level. So you can check that out. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com to start customizing your furniture. He's getting off on making you uncomfortable and you sticking around. You can't sell the house unless both people agree to sell the house. But Tom wants to buy me out and stay there. And I'm not going to just like pack up my clothes and hitchhike down the road because Tom offered me a measly sum of money. I got to have my lawyer go back and say this is what she wants. And you don't want him to buy you out because you feel like that makes his life easy? Yes. The fact of the matter is, he broke the home. He f***ed all of this up. He doesn't get to do that and then just like, I don't know, keep it. Look, everyone, is Ariana maybe being a little bit petty when it comes to the house? Should she have let Tom Sandoval have the birthday party at the house that they're sharing now, despite the fact that they're broken up? She probably should have let him, especially because she's going off to emo night, whatever the fuck that is. However... I understand it. I understand it. This was just three months after the whole scan vault broke. So the fact that she's not sitting in there uh, seeing with Lala across the way from her and not filled with so much rage. And I've been thinking a lot about rage, everybody, especially this morning, because I had some severe road rage. And I often think to myself, I'm sure I've said on the podcast, like, I don't think I make a good reality star because I'm not confrontational. I don't get too worked up. But this morning, you guys, I got worked up on the way I was driving to a workout class. I was running late and there was so much traffic. And I just got this insane road rage where the kind of road rage where I was just stringing together swear words that didn't even go together. So just calling everybody on the road an ass bitch, just like, get out of the way, you ass bitch. Like, just... <laughs> Just swear words, fuck nut, calling everybody a fuck nut. 
I was just filled with so much rage because I woke up thinking I'm going to get to the gym and get a good workout in to start my day. And you uh, go into the day with all of the sunshine and rainbows and hope that you're going to have a good day. And then things happen, life happens and beats you up. And it just fill you with rage. So the fact that Ariana's sitting there and didn't have the rage, I actually was proud of her. So good. Be petty. I don't care that she's going to emo night. She still doesn't want that demon to have people in the home. All those people that work for him that were invited to his birthday party. It was the man. <laughs> did it not feel like everybody at that birthday party worked for Tom Sensible? It did. It did. And by the way, I did make it to my workout class, but I got there late. And I saw this guy. I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this story because I don't know if he listens, but you know what? I was, I was rage filled. I was Dorinda style mad this morning. Anyway, so I'm running late to the thing and I see this guy that I've known forever. And he's like one of those gay men. I'm sorry to say this, but is always on vacation. Who drives me nuts. Drive me nuts. I know we're in an election year and everyone always says people running for the president, they have to show their tax returns. I want to see the tax returns of these gay men who are always in Costa Rica and Greece and going on vacation every day because I hop on Instagram and they're always in some pool naked. And I'm half jealous and also angry. I want to see their tax returns. Anyway, I see this guy and I haven't seen him for a while because he's always on fucking vacation. And I'm running late. I'm like, oh, sorry, you know, I got to get to class. And he goes, oh, I just uh, had a session with my personal trainer. And I was like, oh, fuck you, you know, because I'm taking this group workout class that is, oh, I think is expensive. And then I'm thinking, how's he spending the money? I don't even know what his job is. He's just got a personal trainer. He's on vacation every day. I'm like, Vicky Gumbelson, do you work? I got so mad. I got so mad. And I always say I understand Dorinda's rage. I do. I do. It's your problem. It's your problem if you don't understand it. But sometimes you just get that rage. So anyway, today I'm thinking maybe I'd make a good reality TV star because I was just... Although I wasn't confronting people. I did say fuck you to that guy, <laughs> but I did but I did it with a laugh. So I think he thought I was like kidding about it. So like I'm running in the class. I'm like, oh, fuck you. You know, like, but I wasn't joking, but he knows that now. Anyway, let's get to Vanderpump rules. I was on Ariana's side with this thing, but I'm sort of enjoying the non-scandal parts of the show. I don't know if it's because of social media or all the podcasts or whatever, but it feels like... I'm over the, I'm just over the scandal and I'm following it in real time. So then watching the show, it feels dated or something, doesn't it? It feels like we've seen all this before. Uh, it's, I know just was three months post scandal is when it's happening on the TV show we're watching, but it feels like so much has happened since then. Ariana's on Broadway. And by the way, I think with the house thing, she was off working and in, in New York and stuff. So I don't even know if she was really at the house that much other than when they were filming. And they got that Anne. I feel so bad for this Anne woman because I'm stressed as a viewer watching this. Okay. Going into their house and in particular going into those bedrooms, we're going to need to take a mop to that, those bedrooms, both of them, Tom's bedroom, Ariana's bedroom. And Tom, I just have to say, if you're going to make the bed, you need to go full, full out because he's making that bed in the weirdest fucking way. I noticed it last week and I'm noticing it again this week. It's just like throwing the comforter on top does not a bed make. You got to at least have some. It should look uniform. It should look nice. He's doing this like weird. Straight guys do this. Straight guys, if you're out there listening, you need to learn how to make the fucking bed. Just make it better because you don't just throw the comforter on and have it all mismatched diagonal. I mean, it was like he was doing art pop or something on that bed. I'm like, you need to fix that comforter because it's not aligned properly. And then Ariana, I'm not just going to harp on Tom because Ariana needs to clean that bedroom up too. She's got them clothes everywhere, boxes. It was stressing me out. And so Anne's got to sit in that house and just be the mediator between the two of them. And I'm stressed watching it, just looking at these bedrooms. I mean, the rest of the house looks clean and stuff. Uh, but these bedrooms, they need to, I don't know, get a, a mop and a 
someone in there to help clean because it's too disorganized. And I, I want them to move on with their lives, but it's hard to move on when you got so much chaos in front of you and comes to your decor. And so they, I hope they get those rooms clean and somebody needs to hop on over there and maybe could teach Tom Sinsaval how to make that bed because he ain't doing it right. He ain't doing it right. Anyway, Anne, I hope she's compensated well, the assistant Anne, because she's just got to sit there. And Tom Zinzival just came back from filming the a competition reality show, which they don't let him say the name of on the show. So he's not allowed to, <laughs> because the show he was on was on Fox. And so if you notice, they don't say that he was on Special Forces. They have to say like, oh, I was doing a reality competition show, which is so stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm too worked up today. But it is so stupid. Like, bravo, just let them say special forces. Like, what are we doing here? It's not like, what do they think? Everyone's going to go and watch special forces and then the whole network of bravo is going to shut down if we say the word special forces on the show. It's like the craziest thing. So backwards. Uh, Anyway, he was off there filming. And so he's back now. And they show on the screen all these things that he's getting on social media. All these people, all these comments Tom Zinzival was getting. And I wrote some of them down. So these were just some of the things that flashed across the screen this week on Vanderpump Rules. And they were screenshots of things people said to Tom Sandoval on social media. So somebody said, I can't stand the look of his mustache. Uh, Somebody said, he makes me physically ill. Uh, What a tool, somebody else. (laughs) Which is, you guys... He's a demon, but it was so mean to just show all of these on screen. If I was in the cast and they just showed like just a montage of all the evil things that it could be faceless. They didn't even show people's faces. I think they blurred out everyone's social media faces. So it was like, we don't even know where these are coming from. For all we know, the producers could have just wrote up there like Tom's a tool or <laughs> he makes me physically ill and then attributed it to someone else. But it was like so mean. It was so mean. And does he deserve it? Probably. Probably. It's your problem. Um, okay, so then uh, Anne, she's, again, forced to be a cast member because no one likes Tom Zinzival. And all those other people, too, that showed up later at that party. I mean, we could get there. Uh, we could talk about it when we get there. But there was one man who was, like, saying something about, like, Katie pushing him out of the friend group. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> like, I don't know who this is. God bless him. And I don't want him to be forced out. But I was like, who is that man? Uh, who is he? Anyway, um, Schwartz. Uh, is also dealing with the aftermath of Sandy because not only is he in uh, cahoots with them in business, but also Tom Sinsaval uh, feels betrayed by Tom Schwartz. This was actually the craziest thing of the whole episode because I'm thinking like, why, Zinzaval, why do you feel like Schwartz betrayed you? If anything, he had your back and like covered for you in a way that was completely unacceptable and something that we should all unpack more of throughout the season because he just gets away with everything that shoeless Schwartz. I mean, no one ever uh, holds his uh, shoeless feet to the fire. Uh, and so we're going to need someone to do that. But uh, it's, as it stands, I'm thinking, Sandoval, you have no right to be mad at Schwartz because that man had your back come hell and high water, even up to the reunion. I feel like Schwartz was lying for Sandoval and they were trying to get their timeline straight and stuff. And so then for Sandoval to come back from his reality competition show uh, and then feel betrayed by Schwartz. And meanwhile, Schwartz feels betrayed because Sandoval just up and left the whole restaurant, uh, burned to the ground, made him name it that name, and then went off to the reality competition series uh, after blowing up the Scandoval. And so he's really fucked that business. And so Schwartz is probably sitting there thinking, like, you fucked me up. You fucked up my whole life. (laughs) Although, again, I do just want to say that what is technically Schwartz's fault because he's in cahoots with that man. And at any given time, I think Schwartz could have said, you know, I'm going to move on from this relationship, right? Like sometimes 
he obviously knows how to do that because it happened with his marriage. And so you would think that like a marriage that wasn't going right, it was maybe toxic and not good for you. You would sit and think like, maybe I should get away from this man. I know they're going to last. They're going to outwit last and outplay all of us, those two. The two Toms are going to be together forever, apparently, because nothing's coming between them. Because now in real life, I know that they're, I think that they're good according to social media and stuff. So um, anyway, so Anne uh, is having to talk to Ariana because it's a Tom's birthday the next day. And so Anne is saying, look, Tom wants to have this birthday party. Ariana's like, no, I'm going to call the cops. And something that I think is getting completely lost in this is that Tom Sandoval technically owns uh, two bars. And so the idea that you have to have this birthday party at your house is truly crazy because just go to one of those bars that you own. I mean, maybe you wouldn't want to go to Swartz and Sandy's if there's all this like hoopla over Scandaball and everyone's yelling at you and stuff. But you mean to tell me neither one of those places have a back private room that you could throw your birthday party in or shut down. I don't know if Schwartz and Sandy's during the week is all that crowded. I mean, just celebrate on a Tuesday and you'll be fine. I don't know that you'll be really mobbed there. Uh, but I just think it's crazy that it's like you own multiple bars, sir. Just hop on over to one of them and have some balloons and you're good to go. Instead of doing it at this house with this woman that you just uh, had a a big scandal with or over whatever you guys know what I mean. And then he's got that white noise machine because Ariana was like listening to him. He says he's apparently she had some friends over and they were listening to what he had to say, which is just weird. And it's like, maybe you should move out of the house. You demon, you were the one who fucked this all up. And then even his explanation on that podcast he did where he said, well, when my parents got divorced, like one of them kept the house and the other one didn't. He's like, I have friends who got divorced and one of them kept that. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't mean that's how it has to go. Like, just because your parents did that way. Like, it was like he was, that was the law or something. I don't know. He was making me mad. I'm just in a bad mood today, I think. I'm sorry. <laughs> just wait till we get to the Beverly Hills recap, you guys. Woo! I'm sorry. I'm going to try to, um, I'll perk it up. I'll perk it up. Let's see. Let me point out something good that happened in this episode. Uh, we do have uh, LVP is closing pump. That's not exactly good. But what is good is the montage that they gave us of pump where it was like an in memoriam segment at an award show. You would have thought that a, a bunch of people died over the past year, the way they were treating pump the restaurant that sells a $17 Caesar salad. I mean, it was like, what was going on? It was a dramatic, <laughs> it was a dramatic montage. Of like people, it was even like in black and white and people walking into pump and they're, Lisa Vanderpump's like, I got to close pump. It was a hard decision. And they're showing us all this montage footage. And I'm like, this is a restaurant. This is not a group of people who passed away on a, a plane or something. I don't know. It was just strange. It was so strange that they just acted like it was a big, like it was at a funeral, but I loved it. I loved it. Um, and then we have, I also love James and Allie, who we saw this week in matching green and white walking the dog. Um, or no, they want a dog. Oh, no, wait, they're talking about Graham. So there's this whole thing about Graham because Rachel took Graham. I was really distracted because James is hot now. James is hot now. I said it. I said it. So there it is. Finally, somebody had to to really let it out there, which I'm sure I've done in the past, but I'm doing it again. He saw it. Uh, and then uh, I love the two of them together. I'm really happy that Allie's into astrology. I am a little concerned with DJ James Kennedy because he is – uh, seemingly sober now, he says, but he's still traveling and doing these late night shows. And I just worry about that atmosphere. It's like a late night atmosphere. If I was his parent, I'd say, James, maybe we need to figure out a new career field or something. Or maybe just, I don't know. I, I worry about anyone in that nightlife industry, bar, nightlife, anyone who's got a job that's like, you got to be there after 8 p.m. I just get concerned because it's like, uh, I get worried. If you have any sort of alcohol uh, issues, 
I think it's a slippery slope to be around that all the time. I mean, I, I don't know. That's for me. You got to be really strong in your sobriety to be around all of that. But it worries me. And because I just want everything good for James because he seems to be great with Allie. He seems to get his life together and he's got good work stuff coming in. And so I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm worried about him and also hopeful for him. Um, okay. So let's see. Tom Zinzaval says he's still in love with Raquel. And so fine. Okay. Then we see Lala and Ariana meet at the smoothie place. And that's where they had that conversation, which I played at the beginning. And Lala, actually, she's been very team Tom and Raquel this season. If you notice last week, she called and left the voicemail for Rachel on the phone. And then now she's sticking up. She said, Ariana, you should just let him have the party at the house. And Ariana's like, okay, well, I said, like, I'll let him have people there until midnight. But she's pissed. Again, I just think she should be petty. She should be petty. You know what was really interesting that she said in the confessional? She said that when it came to kids with Tom Zinzaval, she didn't ever want them. And I thought, we all thought, right, she was never going to have kids, didn't want kids. That was her decision. Great. But now she's saying, uh, now that she's with this guy, Dan, she might want a family. Yeah, she might want. So she said that Tom actually affected her desire to have kids because she probably looked at that man and thought, uh-oh, probably don't want to raise any of his sperm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think any of us in any position uh, close to Tom, we would say the same things, like probably don't want to procreate with that man, right? Be a little concerned with that. Just a little concerned. Even before the scandal blew things up, I think you look and think, uh-oh, don't know if I want that sperm. Maybe go to somewhere else, somewhere else. Um, and so now she's got this other hot guy who lives in New York, this guy named Dan. And she's like, maybe I want some kids. And this Dan is 40, no kids, never been married. Lock him up, right? Like get, get the ring. But the what? What is the saying? Get a ring on that because that's a good man. That's a good man. I hope he's a good man, you guys. If he's not, I swear to God, Dan, if you're listening to this podcast and you do something, then we're all you. We're gonna be pissed. We're gonna be pissed. It's gonna be your problem. It's your problem. Okay, so then uh, let's see. We have this goodbye of pump. There was also during that montage there was a Jax appearance, which really frightened me. And they're planting a lot of seeds with that man. Jax is coming back with a vengeance, not only on that spinoff show, but he's also going to be coming back on this show a little bit, and it's worrying me. Rotten Hill. We also got a flashback to Schwartz bartending when he got that panic attack. I sort of feel bad. I don't know. This week I did feel bad for Schwartz, I'll be honest. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Take that back. Just pretend I didn't say that. But I did. I did. Uh, Okay, filming also must have just been hard in general because of this divide in the group. And I think that's also... Uh, one of the problems I'm having, I know we're only two episodes in, but I'm just concerned that the whole season's going to be this divide, which never works for a show. And I don't know what the answer was. Obviously, I don't fault the cast members for not wanting to film with each other in a lot of these cases, but it is tough. It is tough. Um, Sandoval was actually asked to step away from Shorts and Sandys, but here's the interesting thing is that they didn't ask him. Uh, they, he went away on tour, but they still wanted him to be involved in decision-making and stuff. They just didn't want him to come into the restaurant all the time, right? And uh, so I felt like Schwartz was just left to pick up the pieces. But then we also got a little intel on that other guy who probably owns most of Schwartz and Sandy's. Remember we saw him last season on the show? I felt like last season he hated Tom Sandoval, right? Before the Scandoval, that man definitely hated both these Toms. And after the Scandoval, you guys, I think that man... I don't remember what his name was, but I just imagine he's got like some Tom Sandoval voodoo doll at his house or something because he did not like him before. And now Tom Sandoval did the Scandoval and partially ruined this business that this man has with these two yahoos. And you just know he's pissed. And so he's got them voodoo dolls at home. I don't know. He's probably 
plotting and stuff because he's pissed and I don't fault him for it because it was a big change for his restaurants and he thought he was getting into some money pit with these guys. Wait, does money pit mean you have lots of money or no money? And he, I felt like he thought he was going to make a lot of dollars with these two. Uh, look, he's opened up a bar on a TV show with two guys on a TV show and it's going to be their storyline on the TV show. So he probably thought he hit the motherfucking jackpot. He probably thought he hit the jackpot, and then all of a sudden he's got all this stress. Everybody's coming to his restaurant and saying, fuck Tom Sandoval. <laughs> he was fucked. Bunch of people there filled with rage just calling Tom Sandoval a ass bitch. And so that's probably what happened. And I, so good luck and God bless to that man. Um, okay, so then we have uh, Sheena and Brock. They go to, oh, Sheena and Brock. Wow, they go to the studio. And so Sheena. Um, she's recording yet another version of Good as Gold. Saving! Yet another version. We had the original, we had the Uber One remix, and now we're going to emo remix. I mean, I don't know what's next. Country music remix, a Christmas remix with a jingle bell. We're going to get it all. A spoken word remix. We're just going to get one with a didgeridoo. It's just me, Brock, playing the didgeridoo while Sheena's in the recording booth. Like, cause you're good as gold. <laughs> the same off key. <laughs> oh, I'm being mean today. But it, it'll just be like this in 20, 2032, we're just going to be watching Sheena Shea in the studio again. Same off key, just because we're good as gold. And it's just going to be Brock with a, a violin and a didgeridoo for the updated remix of Good as Gold. It's like we're getting one every season. And I'm not complaining, but it is crazy to me that now we're doing one where it's like um, for it's not for emo night or something. It's anyway. So, yeah, Sheena walks in, though. She's like, I thought, what if we do good as gold as emo? And it's like, what? Who thought that? And then she gets in the recording booth and she's like, come on and ride my body. Come on and have a good time. And so it's like some scream shouting. And she's really like leaning into the sound because I've noticed that she released another song that was sort of like this. I don't know how to describe it. I guess emo punk rock or something. I don't know. But I would I would love to hear from some real actual punk rock people to see what they think of Sheena's punk rock. Do you get what I mean? I don't know if we could get someone who's like a popular punk rock artist. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy, but I do know uh, Celine Dion's catalog. But that's not uh, the point. The point is, I think we need to get a punk rock person on here and just see what do you think of the emo remix of Good as Gold? Because it, is it emo? Is it is it good? Um, she does say, though, that she's ready to do music again. She's ready to get back in the spotlight, record some more versions of Good as Gold. And she says she hasn't done any music since her and Brock have been together. She stopped after that weird music video she did with that guy, Brett, who was fired, who will probably be brought back for a spinoff show or something at this rate. Uh, but anyway, there uh, she stopped doing music after that situation with Brett, with that weird music video where he looked like he was just, I don't know, on some sort of sedative. I felt like he took a Benadryl before he shot that music video. Remember that man? They showed a quick clip this week. And I swear that Sheena loaded him with some Bennies, some Benadryl. Not even a Xanax. I just feel like it was maybe half a Benadryl. She said, take this. And he's maybe not used to it. And so you just see his face. And he's just like a little bit checked out. Like He looks like me after half a Benadryl. That's exactly what was going on there. Um, and so Sheena says, look, everyone loves a reunion tour. So I'm back. I'm back. Because we're good as gold. Gold. The way she says gold, like she sort of comes up on gold. Do you know what I mean? Because we're good as gold. Do you do- <laughs> Like she almost sounds like a a bird, like a pigeon or something. Or what's that? Um, you know, in the movie Finding Nemo, those birds are like, burr, burr. what do they say? Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like because we're good at gold, gold. It's like a pigeon, <laughs> a pigeon. 
Oh, okay. But I do feel bad for Shishi because she had some postpartum OCD and she's um, afraid to let someone watch Summer Moon, who's the cutest person of all time. Uh, and I feel bad. I'm, I'm actually, again, most interested in things like this. Like, how are Sheena and Brock navigating being new parents and now learning that Sheena's got this postpartum OCD and, uh, and who's going to watch Summer Moon and all that stuff? I'm like, this is interesting to me because it, at least feels like something I don't know about. And look, I think on some level we were all a little bit spoiled because coming off of Salt Lake City's uh, housewife uh, season, I think all of that was such a surprise to us. Like we didn't know all of that going into the season. And so a lot of that landed as like a big reveal, a big surprise. And so now I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I just want some surprises. I don't want to know every storyline on social media. And a lot of that might be on me, right? Like I need to hop off social media and stop looking at everyone's profile pages. But am I going to do that? Probably not. So it's on them to figure that out. You know, it's on them. It's on them. Um, okay, so then we have uh, Schwartz and Sandy meet at the Belmont. They always go to the Belmont. Sandoval's not drinking. Although he said this like weird thing about how Rachel's not drinking as she's at the treatment center. And he's like, oh, then when she came out, I thought we'd do it together. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird. I'm glad that Rachel and him are not together. Although I did just see a TMZ thing that he's dating some woman or people are speculating that he's maybe dating someone who used to date Leonardo DiCaprio. Ugh. He's not on the level of Leonardo DiCaprio. I actually am someone, I very strongly believe that Leonardo DiCaprio is hot. I do feel that way. Still to this day, I feel like he's very hot. And I just don't, I don't even like Tom Sandoval being in the same vicinity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Justice for Leonardo DiCaprio is what I'm trying to say. Because it's not the same thing. They're not the same. And I will not live in a world where media treats them as such. TMZ was like, oh, look, he's dating this male, female model. And she used to date Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, uh-uh, we're not going to put him in the same sentence as Sandoval. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the man who gave us Titanic, The Beach. The Beach? Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can is one of my all-time favorite movies. If you've never seen it, you need to go watch it immediately. Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Christopher Walker. What more do you want? Cameos from Jennifer Garner and Amy Adams. Uh, Ellen Pompeo cameos? Miss Meredith Grey herself cameos? Yes, you tune in. One of the greatest films of all time. And so I will not put that level of talent in the same sentence as Tom Sensible. You hear me, TMZ? Okay, where were we at? I'm sorry. Um, Okay, so, oh, there's this thing about the bills. Uh, apparently Ariana didn't pay bills for eight months, but then I heard it explained on the after show. And basically what it was, is she just said, look, uh, we don't share a joint account anymore. So for all the bills, you're going to have to like send me the receipts of in the bills. Like, I'm not just going to give you money that you say a hundred dollars for this bill or 4,000 for this bill or whatever it is. She's like, all I need you just write that down and then or show me the actual bill and then I'll give it to you. And so I, what I'm trying to say is he's just a dummy. I'm, that's mean. That's mean. But just give her the receipts if you wanted to pay. Uh, I grant Ariana way more grace because she's the one who was upended. Even though all these great opportunities came to her post-Scandival, I still think it was like her life was upended and she wasn't prepared for all of these opportunities to come her way. Luckily, she's been killing it and doing a good job with all of them that come her way. But it's like the, her whole life was just quickly uprooted because of this man. And so I, that's why I grant her, I think, a little bit of grace. But I think they're both being petty and they honestly should get out of that fucking house. And by the way, I do see on the walls of that house, there's a bunch of photos from the cocktail book that I did with them. You know, I'm the co-author of their cocktail book, which is a crazy sentence to say. <laughs> I can't even believe it. But uh, I, they have a lot of photos from the shoot um, from the cocktail book. And I do kind of want one of them. 
I think like we need to get a hold of it and then maybe do it for charity or something. Like, I feel like if we could just get them to sign it and maybe post it on chair, do some charity event. That's what Ariana needs to do or more that other demon. Someone, we need to get that. And if they don't want to sell it for charity, then I'll certainly put it in my office. And if anyone has access to that Bubba painting from, <laughs> from Tom and Katie's house, uh, I would like that as well. Okay. Moving on. We do have, okay. So Tom and Tom Schwartz says, uh, he's going to do what's best for him. And it seemed like Schwartz was saying like, I'm going to go my own way. Like just stay out of my relationship with you for a while. But then I think like a scene later, we all of a sudden saw them together and I was like, what's happening here? I guess there's no boundaries. Um, and then we have uh, Sheena and Brock and Marina Del Rey and this uh, mom, Erica. Sheena's mom, Erica, is there, and she's been watching Summer Moon, and they're trying to have this new person come to watch Summer because Sheena's trying to get out of this idea that she can't have anyone else watch Summer Moon, which I think is really great. But the point I really want to talk about is that this woman, Tori, is actually the one who's in this love triangle with Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney. That's right. Her name is Tori. And she is the person in the previews who says that they kissed Tom and Katie, which is wild. And now knowing that she's a babysitter is crazy. Um, but good for her making the most of her time on camera because she just pop it in to babysit and she's like, I'll make out with whoever I got to make out with. Producer's dream that woman probably was. <laughs> you just know, you just know the VPR producers. Alex Baskin was like, get her in front of the red light because not only can she uh, make out with two of our leads, but she'll also watch the kid on the off time, right? So we can get Sheena doing something. So it's like a multi-purpose. She's an asset on set. I mean that Anne. I thought Anne, the assistant, was good news for the production because she was there going to mediate between the two cast members who won't speak. But now I'm thinking this woman Tori is actually the ideal cast member. She's watching the kids on set. You have a daycare on set, and then you also have her uh, tongue kissing half the leads, right? So it's a good thing they got uh, this woman on there. She stepped it on up. She heard that we were tired of the scandal, and she said, "Where do you need me? Put me in, coach." That's what Tori said as soon as she saw one of the producers for Vanderpump Rules. Put me in, coach. I'll do what it takes. Need me to watch a kid or make out or tongue kiss your lead? I don't care. Good for her. And so I hope that she succeeds. And and I hope that she makes out with more people and causes more mess because I'm tired of Scandal. I'm ready for this new mess. So I hope Tori gets in there and honestly tongue kiss them all. And just, uh, please, do it. And if somebody else needs to get in there and help, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, it seemed like Billy Lee is also ready to get back in the game, right? Billy Lee, she shows up for that birthday party at the end of the episode. Anyway, I'm, I'm hopeful for Summer Moon to have new babysitter. And also, I just want more scenes of Summer Moon. Oh, and I didn't like Brock. I, I was very distracted. Brock had the thighs out. You know, the his thighs were out. And so, of course, I wasn't fully paying attention to what was being said during the scene because I was focused on those uh, stems of his. However... It did seem like he kind of got confrontational with Shishi, and I thought, uh-uh, you do not do that. She just had your baby, and she's got all these hormones. When you have a baby, you have all these extra hormones running through your veins. And so I, any mom deserves a lot of grace, but especially a mom who's being open and honest about her OCD and, and this uh, postpartum OCD she's having. And so, I don't know, it's Shishi. And Brock was ultimately supportive, but I was a little concerned when he said something about, like, I don't even know what he said because I was looking at them legs. But uh, anyway, I was mad at him for a brief second, and then I focused on his thighs. Moving on, James and Allie in Burbank. Schwartz comes over with a plant, and Schwartz is sad about his own home because they moved into these homes, and they got to move on out. 
because they get divorced. And so here's James and Allie now living in Burbank, right underneath the plane, uh, flying overhead. And so he's a little bit jealous, I think. And he's seeing James has got this significant other who's he's living with and happy with, and is an astrologer now, so he'll know uh, what's going to happen in the future. And Allie is uh, going to kill it in this astrology. I'm ready to get my chart read. You know, I go to this cat lock. She's, she does my astrology. I love her. I look her up online. I don't know if she's taking openings, but she's great. Um, but, uh, Allie said to Schwartz that you have the most Libra in your chart ever, which makes so much sense to me, you guys. And I think that's why I was like a little bit more on Tom Schwartz's side this week, because when I heard that he's got all that Libra in him, I'm a heavy Libra. My birthday's October 9th. And I always feel like very heavy Libra. And so I think that one of the things that I find triggering about Tom Schwartz is he is such a pushover, and it's probably because I'm such a pushover. So there you go. I was like relating to that demon. And I don't know if that's a good thing, or, uh, but it is what it is. I'm here to tell my truth. And I learned he's a heavy Libra, and I think that's that. it answered so many questions to me. It's not acceptable behavior. Certainly needs to get it together. Libras can't just be going around uh, doing whatever they want. But I, I did understand it a little bit. And Sandoval invited James and Allie to his birthday party, which they ultimately decide to go to, although it doesn't didn't work out well because uh, James pulls Tom aside and says, I feel like I lost a big brother. And then he, uh, Tom Sandoval doesn't understand how he betrayed James. And I don't think he really betrayed James all that much. Like, obviously, he betrayed the other people more. Um, but as soon as James brings this up, Tom Sandoval says, well, when you did that shit with Kristen, and James like, look, dude, that was 10 years ago, and then just decides to leave, just decides to leave. Um, but what I was also focused on in the scene was that Tom Sandoval's wearing an aloe hat. Now, you guys, this brand aloe, I love this brand. Now, this is not a paid advertisement. If they want to buy some ad space on the show, that'd be wonderful, because I, I legitimately love the brand aloe for workout clothes. And every time I see Tom Sandoval now, he's wearing aloe hats and aloe everything. And I don't, look, I hate to say it on a microphone publicly, but maybe Aloe needs to pay Sandoval not to wear that. Because at a certain point, every time I'm seeing that man, he's wearing Aloe, and I had just gotten a bunch of Aloe stuff for the holidays. And so I don't I don't have the money to just be replenishing my wardrobe every second because some demon on the reality TV show that I watch is wearing the same things I got. Uh, but so uh, somebody's going to need to step in. Somebody's going to need to step in. Oh, also at his birthday party, did you see it said happy 40th again? Because <laughs> no one knows how old he is. 42, 46, no one knows. No one knows. But definitely not what Google says. Okay, uh, and then Schwartz was also wearing light eye makeup? Yeah, that's right. Schwartz was wearing light eye makeup, which no shade to I'm noticing a lot more straight guys are wearing the makeup these days. A lot straight guys the gay guys have always, we've always kind of, you know, put a little foundation on whatever, a little blush if you need it. Uh, but the gay has, have been doing it forever. And now I've noticed the straights. The straights are putting a little foundation, a little cover up when they got a blemish or something. And everybody should. I have nothing wrong with that. And I bet you it's only a matter of time. Another five years, all the straights are going to be, all the straight men are going to be wearing makeup. I don't think it's going to be any different. They might not have a full face beat in five years. Uh, but they're certainly going to have a little cover up or put a little rouge on to maybe walk out the house to go to the grocery store, right? Ladies and right. Um, but so the fact that Tom Schwartz that also won me over again too, that he's wearing some light eye makeup, cover them bags in them eyes, especially maybe after seeing himself in Winter House. Moving on. Uh, okay. So then, uh, James does piss on the lawn or piss in a bush. And Allie's like, what are you doing? And James is like, well, is it illegal to piss on a bush? And Allie's like, no, but that's also Ariana's bush too. It's Ariana's bush too. Get off that bush. 
Um, okay, let's um, let's take our break here. Let's take our break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that episode of uh, The Real House of Beverly Hills. And I'm going to be super positive about it this week. I'm going to be so positive and cheerful and pick out all the wonderful things that I love and uh, probably drag it just a little bit. Okay, uh, let's take a break. Thank you to Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and we'll be right back. Icons, when picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Frustration? Ah! Or sales. I prefer don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Now, Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity. No matter how big you grow, step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like here at Everything Iconic. We use this as well, but also Ruggable, Allbirds. I love my Allbirds. I love my Ruggable. Brooklyn and so many others. I can say from experience, it's really easy to use. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate everything over super easy and conveniently. And I feel like after months of hard work creating the look and feel of your brand, it can be soul crushing when your commerce platform makes it blend in with the rest. But when you switch to Shopify, you'll regain control of your brand's look and store functionality. Thanks to stylish, no code themes truly could not be easier your customizations, and advanced shopping features that keep your customers coming back. So stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic, shopify.com slash everything iconic. And we're back. I had so much rage in me. All right. I know I had so much rage in me earlier in this episode, but we're going to mute it for the Real Houses of Beverly Hills recap because I don't want to be negative. And although I think this entire trip to Spain has been a complete snooze and the show is doing less episodes this season than they normally do, and they had to bring Kathy Hilton in for the reunion in order to get three parts. Those are the only negative things I'm going to say. And from now on, the rest of this episode, I'm going to say, try to focus on the positive. Uh, but I do want you all to hold me accountable. And so if I screw up, we're going to have to play a little soundbite. So if I start saying negative things about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills this week, guess what? We're going to have to have uh, this play. Sally Field. Sally Field. Sally Field. A good reminder to be nice and kind. Nice and kind. And so if I screw up, we're just going to play Sally Field. I'm going to try to catch myself in real time because I want to keep it upbeat. Um, so, okay, they're in Spain, and uh, Sutton, Sutton's making me laugh because she always says call instead of cause, call, 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 call. And obviously, she sounds like Foghorn Leghorn most of the time, but seeing uh, her say call just really fills me with glee. And also, she's become the main character of the show. Has anyone else noticed that Sutton is now the star of this program? Whether or not I agree with that being the case is another story. Uh, but she is seemingly the star of this entire franchise right now because she's getting like this edit, which is interesting, where she's getting to show all different sides of herself. And now this season, we're learning about her marriage with the Christian and her friendships. And, uh, and then we're also seeing her be messy. And, uh, and when she sat down with Kyle earlier this season, she did the name them thing. And so we're seeing her getting these fights and 
most of the storylines, it feels like, are revolving around Sutton. Now, again, I think that going forward, the show should be more spread out and balanced instead of just having one person drive all of the action on a TV show when it's an ensemble cast. But Sally Field. Uh, instead, I'll focus on the fact that Sutton has become the star. And so she went from a friend of and to now really running this whole show. And her relationship with Kyle feels like it's the nucleus at this point, which is surprising because Kyle and Dorit have known each other forever and pretended to be best friends for a long time. And also Kyle and Erica have known each other. So you would think that that would be the nucleus. Like going into the season, I thought, oh, Kyle and Dorit are that nucleus. Uh, obviously, there always needs to be kind of one top dog, but then it's like whoever their friend is um, or their friend and me is, it's like they're the duo. So on Potomac, you have Karen and Giselle. Although you guys, Potomac, we really got to talk about Potomac one of these days. Should we do it now? Potomac, real quickly, just we need to figure out the casting next season. It's so problematic that they don't want to film with each other. And I understand in real life not wanting to film with people who are uh, awful to you or that you don't get along with or whatever. That's what we would all do in our real lives. But watching a reality television show, like, I'm going to need you all to interact. So when we're getting these strict lines drawn in the sand, and I'm worried about that on Vanderpump Rules, too, uh, going forward. We're only on episode two, but on Potomac, we're how many episodes into the season? It just feels like every week we're getting that thing where it's like, I don't want to be at a thing with them, or I'm not going to that thing because they're there. I don't like it at all. And Potomac, like, I don't know how it was so, so good and then dropped so, so bad. It just was a quick drop, a quick, quick, quick drop. Uh, and Atlanta experienced like a really bad season last season too, uh, but I'm hopeful that they're going to be going forward. And uh, Candy's no longer going to be with us on The Real House of Atlanta. And I always like Candy. I did always love Candy, but here's the thing. I'm also kind of okay with her going. I think she's been around for a long time and she's got so many other things going on. This past season, I felt like she had so many conflicts where she couldn't make it to things or whatever. And Rightfully so, because she was doing Broadway and or producing on Broadway and doing all sorts of things. So I'm happy that Candy is going off and leaving the show, because I think it also is going to open up a lot of budget on the show, because I'm sure that they were paying her a good salary. And so it's going to open up a lot of money. And then I also think it's just going to change the dynamics, and we're going to see who's going to be the nucleus on uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta next season. It seems like Kenya is going to be back. I would imagine Drew and Sonya won't be back. That's my guess. Uh, I do think that Sheree and Marlo will be back, but I think Sheree and Marlo will be back, and one of them will be a friend of, I think. One of them might be main, one might be friend of. That's my guess. And then I think it's going to be new people, and Portia, uh, it's being reported, is coming back. So I don't know. I'm excited about Atlanta, because last season was so bad. I just, I'm excited for Atlanta to get good again. I want the best for them. And if you're not watching Traders, just while we're talking about these other shows, you got to watch Traders. It's so incredible. It's a reality competition series on Peacock. And uh, there's this like interesting showmance that's happening between Phaedra and CT, I haven't watched this week's episode. It comes out on Thursday nights. Uh, but I, Phaedra is like killing it on there. And I wonder if they'll bring, everyone's loving uh, Phaedra on the traders, but I'm wondering if they'll bring Phaedra back to the Real Houses of Atlanta now that Candy's out or if they'll keep her on Married to Medicine, which I want them to keep her on Married to Medicine because she didn't quite fit in this season, but I think she was like getting to know the gals. And I feel like next season could be really good with Phaedra on Married to Medicine. So I, I would like her to stay there. I know that's not a popular opinion. People want her back in Atlanta. But I just think Phaedra was really kind of starting to get in the mix on Married to Medicine. And so I hope she stays over there. Uh, but either way, the network obviously loves her. And um, they put on Traders. She's like become the star of Traders, you guys. 
She's become the star of Traders. And although I was rooting for Larsa at the beginning because there was a shot of her reading a book that I don't believe she was actually reading, and that was enough to get me to wander across the finish line of the show and win the prize, uh, unfortunately, she's no longer on that show. So I got to root for my other Bravo gals. We got MJ on there. Tamara's already voted off. I think everybody is underestimating Trishel. People don't realize Trishel was like this big, famous poker player in the 2000s. She did celebrity poker tournaments. And I think people only remember the hot tub moment from the real world, uh, Las Vegas, which is the show that she was originally on. But I think she's like, I think people are underestimating her. Anyway, so that's my take on the traders. But I do ultimately want Phaedra to win the whole thing. Just ready for it. Or any of my Bravo gals. MJ is still there. Who else is still there? Sheree. I don't even think Sheree knows what show she's on. I mean, I don't think she knows what's going on, how to play the game, where she is, who these other people are. I, quite frankly, don't even know if, if she even knows how she got there. She's just walking around and somehow keeps surviving another week, which God bless. I want her to win now because she just doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. So maybe that's good enough reason for her to win the whole shebang. So get it going, Sheree. Um, anyway, maybe that's Actually, the fact that Sheree's on Traders makes me think that she'll be the one with a full-time contract next season on The Real House of Atlanta, and they'll put Marlo back as a friend of, and then Kenya, Portia, new people. That's my guess. Okay. The Real House is Beverly Hills. What? Okay. I got to be positive. Oh, Garcelle did say in this episode that Andy is a powerful top. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's what was so funny to me that they kept this in the episode because normally we don't break the fourth wall all the time. So the idea that them they talk about Andy Cohen, he never normally comes up on these shows because he's sort of like that Wizard of Oz presence who's not really a presence when it comes to the parts of the show during the season. He's only a presence during the reunion. So anyway, the fact that Garcelle was like, yeah, Andy told me he's a powerful top. Which is, that whole conversation to me is just feels so dated about like the top. It always reminds me of my arch nemesis, Patty Stanger from the Millionaire Matchmaker show. She'd sit down her gay contestant. She'd be like, are you a top or a bottom? And it's like only Patty Stanger and Bravo are still in the year of 2024 asking who's the top and who's the bottom. Um, okay, so then they all let go of uh, these. So they get to this thing where they're going to be giving away these ashes. And Sutton's got Merce's ashes. Remember, Merce's in the purse. And so she brought the ashes. And Sutton stands in front of the gals in this beautiful scenery. Uh, they're behind some water, or in front of some water. And she's opening up about all these things in her life. And I, look, I was really distracted by her eyes. Sutton has stunning eyes. Stunning eyes. So we're keeping it positive this week. And Sutton's eyes, I mean, she's got these like, beautiful cat eyes or whatever. They're just beautiful. Really, truly, madly, deeply, I believe that. Um, okay, so then she blows the ashes, or they throw the ashes, and they go. the ashes go all over the women, like Sonia's dog. Remember on the Real House in New York when she threw those ashes? Sutton's just like, well, that's the way the wind blows, Kyle. Uh, and then all the gals end up going in front of the group and saying things that they want to let go of. So Sutton let go of her ashes, and now Garcelle says she's going to let go of feeling alone a lot and abandonment issues. And and it's like really intense. Like, okay, because uh, let me just back us up here. Sutton just released the ashes of a dear loved one that she had in her life. And now Garcelle is uh, very loudly and proudly standing in front of a group and saying, look, I, I feel alone a lot. I have abandonment issues. She says, not having a father in my life continues to contribute to how I lead my life, and I need to let that go. And so I'm sitting here listening, and I'm in tears. This is heavy stuff that we're dealing with on The Real House of Beverly Hills. And I look on the screen, and just as I'm about to wipe away a tear, I see this man in a tank top and jean shorts and aviators just walking by like, what the fuck is going on, Aki? Like, 
he's like just some man on his trip uh and in spain and he's like looking around thinking like what are these women this having this serious moment and this tourist is just walking by like what the fuck is going on with these ladies (laughs) they're all just standing in front of the group and just crystal then stands up and cries about her brother and uh and how he's leaving her and then uh, they all are saying things they want to leave behind, and and Dorit even opens up. Although she she kind of took the game in a different direction because instead of leaving something behind, she just stood in front of the group and she's like, "Well, I'm not going to leave this behind, but I want to talk about my PTSD." And so she really was just doing essentially a TED talk on her PTSD. You know, they all had to have their emotional moment in front of the camera, and so Dorit just was like, "Look, I'm not going to let this go, uh, but I do want to take this opportunity while I have the mic to just talk about my PTSD." And so that's what she does, and then. Uh, Erica, she says she's going to let go of the hurt from other people, all the hurt and anger from her old life. And uh, she's talking about all the other gals and confronting her about the earrings and like kind of throwing her under the bus and questioning her with her, the husband. And so Bamboozle Jane is pissed about it. She's over it, but she's going to try to let it go. Although it doesn't seem like she lets it go, but she says, she's like, I'm going to let that go. And then they have this nice group hug moment, but it still just feels to me like they were all like they're pretend. Like they're pretending to be friends. Sally Field. Now I know a lot of the Real Housewives pretend to be friends, but it really feels like on this one, I'm just like not feeling any chemistry. I'm sorry, that's negative. Sally Field. Uh, okay, so then they get on the Sprinter van, and they still have the ashes of Merce kind of, uh, you know, on their skin and faces and clothes. And so Garcelle and Kyle, they're like, oh, I have Merce in my mouth. And who among us hasn't had a strange man in her mouth? Lady and Summer, right? But that's still for another time. Now they all end up getting back to the hotel premises. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Erica gets her makeup done, and she's still mad about what she just let go of, but she just says, I'm not getting any apologies. But it's like, well, did you let it go if you're bringing it up to the makeup artist, not not even a whole 12 hours after you're supposed to let it go. I don't know. That was strange. Um, but they all get ready for this red dress party or in Kyle's case, orange dress party. Um, so they're going to go, this, this was kind of crazy. They get on the sprinter van and uh, the sprinter van on the way to this dancing thing was actually kind of interesting because they're talking about marriage and splits. Richards is like, well, I just sign things in my marriage. I just trust my husband. And they get into that conversation. And obviously she should not trust that man, Maurice, I do not trust him. And if Mo tries to screw over Kyle, we're going to be pissed. We're going to be pissed. And I don't know who would come to Kyle's rescue first. If what if, if Mo did do something? So this whole conversation was about like marriage and signing contracts and getting bamboozled by your significant other. And Erica obviously feels like she was bamboozled by Tom Girardi and he had her sign things. And now she's in all this legal mess and basically ruined her life. And I think the illusion of this conversation is like, well, what if Mo did that, right? And I was thinking about it, like, what would happen if in a year or two years, Mo was doing some crazy business dealings that fucked over Kyle? And also, like, I would just love to know 
the dynamics with her sisters, like, are they the types that would approach Mauricio? So like, let's say he fucked her over. And I know this is a stretch and a reach and hopefully he'll never will. Hopefully he never will. But I just wonder, like, would Kim Richards call up Maurice and be like, what the fuck did you do to my sister? Or would they just like go cold turkey, never speak to the man again? Or would Kath do something even more kind of sneaky and overt? Like, I don't know. I was just spending all this time imagining the different ways that the Richards sisters would somehow avenge Mauricio if, if he did something wrong. And again, we don't know that he did anything bad other than be neglectful in the marriage. Uh, but I'm talking about if he did something like uh, Tom Girardi did, would we, what would the sisters do? How would they react? How would they approach? Kathy, I think, would find a way that was like really sneaky, right? Like she would do something like really underhanded sneaky that would keep her hands clean. No one would even know Kathy did it. So we know if something would happen, no one would even know that Kathy was the one behind it. Like the agency would just shut its doors and no one would know that it was like Kathy who masterminded it or something. You know, I feel like that would be Kathy. And Kim probably would be more the type to like maybe run into him in Target and just start, you know, waving the finger in his face and then move on, you know? That's what I think would happen. Um, okay, so then we do have also, uh, speaking of uh, Kyle, we have a whole montage of her doing the splits. Splits Richards, just a whole montage of it made me laugh. Because they get to this dinner where they have to dance. And uh, before they even do, the dancing was crazy because I thought, like, you guys are on a girl's trip and you somehow did a class to learn how to do this uh, dance on your it's, It was strange to me. I know they have to find things for these gals to do, but it was like, I don't know. Strange. Um, and so before we even do the dance, so they're sitting around this dinner table and they're talking about their favorite moments of the trip. And I'm sorry, I don't have any. Sally Field. Uh, but they all found something. Crystal said that her favorite part was watching some people make paella. Uh, so that was her favorite part of this cast trip. Uh, and then Anna Marie, she brings up at the dinner, she brings up all the stuff that Erica let go of earlier that day, which made me laugh. It's like the whole idea was like, you're letting go of it, Anna Marie. And she sat down at the dinner table. She's like, so Erica, uh, about that stuff you let go of earlier. It was like, well, I, she let go of it, Anna Marie. Uh, but Erica says she don't trust the group. She says, I don't trust any of you. And ultimately she's just moving on other anyway. Uh, and Sutton decides to toast to bamboozle Jane. She's like, I would like to toast to Erica. And Erica's like, thank you. Um, and then uh, Erica says, you all were really supportive of me on Broadway. And uh, when she said that they had all been supportive when she did Broadway, but not with all the other stuff, uh, they sh- did a flashback to the gals on a private plane on the way to see Bamboozle Jane on Broadway. And you guys, I got the chills, I got the goosebumps, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, because we saw Lisa Renna for the first time, I think, this season. I don't recall seeing her in a flashback uh, until just this moment. And, or maybe the thing was, I, I don't remember hearing her because immediately in that flashback to that private plane, it was like Lisa Rinna's voice being like, private plane, bitch. You remember she was always just like, we're on a private plane, bitch. Hey, bitch. And she was always doing like the hey, bitch work and like doing kind of that like over animated uh, thing. And so seeing her in that flashback, you guys, I just thought, we're on a private plane, bitch. It was just always so like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just a lot. It was a lot. Um, Anyway, the group does their dance routine, which was crazy, which is so unnatural on vacation. Again, I just think to perform it at a restaurant, like you mean to tell me (laughs) Dorit, Kyle, any of these women would go on a, a traditional vacation with their girlfriends and they would go take a dance class together and then perform it for a restaurant like, I don't believe any of them would do that in their real life. And I know, again, I know we have to have activities for them to do on camera. Otherwise, what the fuck are we watching? 
but I don't know. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. And oftentimes I think I can be contradictory with myself, right? Like I, again, want them to do activities, but all of it has to feel natural. And if it's not feeling natural to the audience, like I think they need to step up and do a better job acting it or something because it just felt so strange to me that this this particular group, maybe on Dallas Housewives, like I could imagine the Dallas scales. And luckily, we'll never have to find out if this is true or not because I don't think they'll ever return to us. Uh, but anyway, I do think on Dallas Housewives, I could imagine them all getting together on a group trip and taking a dance class, you know, what's it, Brandy, like a dancer? So that kind of makes sense. And also then performing it at a restaurant feels very Dallas Housewives coded. Uh, and, but on Beverly Hills Housewives, it's all supposed to be glamour and glam squads and fashions and actors and uh, rich people and galas, white parties and all that. You mean to tell me like they're all doing a dance class on their vacation to then perform it for a restaurant full of people at like what a Tony Roma's or whatever. I don't know what restaurant that was, but it's like, no matter what it was, I can imagine this group of women doing it. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, so they just didn't maybe do a good job of selling it to me. Oh, you guys, I just realized I was just negative for like five, 10 minutes. Sally field. I'm sorry. I didn't even press the button. That was <laughs> my bad. Okay. Um, then we got, uh, Two days. Oh, Sutton says uh, has this monologue in her confessional about how close her friends are and how her friends are family and everything is great. And this is at the end of the restaurant dance performance. And I really thought, you guys, I really thought they were going to flash on the screen that said like flash forward two days later, and then we were going to see some big fight or something. But then it just flash forward to two days or, or days later when they got back to Beverly Hills and there was no drama. And so they only got two and a half episodes out of that trip. Um, and then we see them all back at home. Crystal's playing a math game with the kids. I started doing Duolingo. Did you guys do that? This is not an ad either, by the way. This is just like I downloaded that app where you can learn language. And so I want to learn Italian. I know a little bit, but I'm, I want to, it's like a bucket list thing to go to Italy. I've never been. And so I'm like, okay, I need to learn so that when I go, I can be really good at it. And so I downloaded this Duolingo app and you guys, it's like my favorite thing in the world. It's like a game and I'm just having the best time. I play it like it's a video game. Like I'm playing my Mario on switch. Like it's Mario Odyssey or something. I'm like, gotta go do my lesson plans. And I'm telling Matt, he's always hearing me on the couch. I'm just like, Arriva Derchi saying it into the microphone for the game. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So where are we at here? Mikey Minden, I wrote, oh, we see Erica Jane and Mikey Minden rehearsing. Erica Jane does the splits. She's like, I still got it. And then she did the splits. Oh, then we see Kyle opening a big aloe package. Is Bravo paying, uh, is aloe a sponsor on Bravo? I don't know. I'm fine with Kyle wearing the brand aloe. I just don't like Tom Sandoval wearing it. So I'm sorry. Um, then we see Dorit at Kyle's. Dorit feels Kyle's distant. Kyle's very obviously phasing Dorit out of the show. I think Kyle turned on Dorit in a way that is... I think there's way more to the story between Kyle and Dorit that we might not ever know. But something happened behind the scenes. And you'll never tell me. You'll never convince me otherwise. I do believe something happened. Or Kyle found out some information about Dorit. It feels like Kyle's purposely distancing herself from Dorit. And there's, I believe there's some other reason why. I don't think it's just like, a, oh, we're drifting apart. Or I might be in love with this honky-tonk lesbian. Or I'm busy filming a Halloween movie or whatever. I don't think it's any of those things. Like, I think there's something that happened. Or Kyle saw some information or something. Something happened that we're not getting answers to, I believe. 
Uh, okay, so then Kyle says her and Mauricio fight. She, they're doing therapy. Uh, Mauricio gives way too much attention to company, her, his company. And I understand all of this. Kyle says she supported him since day one when he had nothing. Uh, and she says he, she sees him fighting for the company when something goes wrong. He's on the phone and trying to fix it and everything. But when it comes to their marriage and their relationship, he never is trying to fix it or save it or anything. And Kyle says at the end, she's like, we'll never survive this. So that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Sutton on yet another date. Ugh. do it you guys i can't watch sutton on another date i'm sorry bravo i know you're trying to make her the main character of this program but i can't do it not another date not another date i don't want to see her with that matchmaker i don't want to see it this how many this this is going on the fourth or fifth episode that i'm going to have to watch sutton on a date and i never want to watch one episode but one of them fine i'll give you the grace and i'll watch a a snippet of it for uh, in between some scenes or something or whatever but I can't be watching four, five, six, seven episodes of Sutton on a date. I can't do it. <sighs> I know I was supposed to be positive about the Real House Beverly Hills recap, but it's just showing me. And, and then to sneak preview it as if we're all going to be sitting on the edge of our seat all week waiting for that episode to come. Like, <laughs> like coming up next week on Beverly Hills, Sutton goes on another date. It's like, what's the audience supposed to be like? Oh, I can't wait for that one. Better set the DVR. Better not miss that. That's appointment TV. Like that, who even, I'm sorry to say, who cut that promo? Because that's not a promo that's going to get butts in the seats. That ain't going to get the ratings up. I don't know that the Nielsen subscribers are going to be really interested in seeing Sutton on another date. So maybe show some other footage in the preview for next week. Anything else? I don't care if you got to show me uh, an old clip of Denise Richards putting on a jacket backwards again. I don't care. But say that's coming up next week. Because if you're showing me Sutton going on another date next week, then I'm tuning out. I'm canceling the DVR. I'm calling up Spectrum and Time Warner, and I'm saying cancel the cable. Run it back, because I'm not interested anymore. Canceling Peacock, canceling all the streaming services, because I can't live like this. I just can't do it. And so, I don't know, to show you that to coming attractions. I mean, big mistake. Big, huge. In the words of Julie Robertson, pretty woman. The hooker was right. Big mistake, huge. Because they do not need to be showing sneak preview coming attraction of Sutton on another date. I mean, what? How could it be all that different of all the dates we saw of Sutton, where she's wearing a crazy cat sweater or something, or talking about some esophagus issue? I don't know. But how different could it be? It'll be the same thing again. Maybe this is a man that's going to be sticking in our life, so that's why they're showing it. But then, in which case, they shouldn't have showed us all them other ones that we had to see, and her with the matchmaker and stuff. I mean, that matchmaker is. I've been on camera more than um, more than. Anna Marie at this point. I've <laughs> got to watch the matchmaker again. I've had enough of that one. Um, okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Sally Field. Um, the Real House of Miami, again, uh, this week continues their cast trip, and I know we're not recapping it all the way, but I just want to say, like, the past two weeks, the gondola ride, it ended this week on the show. It The craziest thing I've ever seen on television, like, there was so much fucking chaos going on on that gondola. It was like they ended last week on a to be continued, and then it picked up this week, and it's just like those women on that boat all earning those fucking paychecks over on Miami. The fact that Adriana, she's doing so much work over there. I, she's the hardest working woman on Bravo and she's not even a main cast member. And it, it drives me wild. And this is what actually really gnaws at my craw. Uh, in the words of my father, he used to say, not nothing gnaws at my craw more than watching Miami and Beverly Hills back to back. And I'm looking at Adriana putting all this work. She's doing performances for Emilio Estefez, Estefan, uh, and what did I say? Emilio Estevez. He 
She's from Mighty Ducks. No, she's doing performances, although I would like her to work with Emilio Estevez as well. Maybe we get Adriana from Mighty Ducks Reboot Part 4. I don't know. Uh, but she, the point is, she's putting on a whole stage for all the gays and doing a whole performance there. Then she's stirring up mix, uh, stirring up drama with all the other gals on the gondola. and there's, She's doing so much. And the fact that she's just a friend of, and then I'm watching on The Real House of Beverly Hills, some of them women look like they're sleepwalking through their cast trip. And so it just it makes me upset. And so justice for Adriana. And if they don't give her a mojito next season, I swear, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to bite my pillow is what I'm going to do. And it only hurts when I'm breathing. <laughs> Do you guys ever see the movie Waiting for Guffman? Corky, the, this character in that movie is one of my favorite characters of all time, but he, he gets so mad and worked up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to bite my pillow is what I'm going to do. And like, that's how it, Oh, I love it. I love it. Watch Waiting for Guffman. That's how I want to end this episode of the podcast. Watch Waiting for Guffman. It is healing and silly and ridiculous. And just let it wash all over you and have some laughs. Because we all need the laughs these days, don't we? Don't we? I mean, I mentioned all my rage this episode. And uh, obviously, I need to get some laughs in. So I appreciate all of you for listening. Because really, when I do this podcast, it is so silly. It is so silly and it makes me happy. And so look, by the end of this, all my rage is out now. I got it all out on Tom the Demon Sandoval and the Real Houses of Beverly Hills cast. And now I feel great. I feel happy as a clam to go about my day. My shoulders feel lighter and I'm ready to start my day again. Um, because I just feel like I let it all out with you guys. And so I'm so grateful. I love you all. Uh, stay safe and we'll talk next week. Bye. Yeah, yeah.